Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Harditz, and today we continue the Fantasy Final Series with a look at this Buffalo Bills backfield. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Matt Breida now, no longer TJ Yeldon. So look, looking back at the 2020 Bills, there's like nothing to be mad about. This team was one win away from getting to the Super Bowl, number two ranked scoring offense, Josh Allen, MVP runner-up. It's a great time to be alive. You know, we'll keep the whole thing optimistic, but particularly to be a Bills fan. And I think the, the only one thing, if we wanted to really, you know, wanted to really be a dick here, the one negative from the 2020 Bills was the fact they could not enable a consistent running back. And it doesn't make sense because, again, they check all these boxes. They had an MVP candidate quarterback. They had the number two ranked scoring offense in terms of point differential, only the Ravens, the saints, the Packers, and the Buccaneers were more dominant than the bills during the regular season. So we had a great offense that was consistently up on the scoreboard, winning a bunch of games. And we just didn't get anything out of these running backs in fantasy land. Overall at the end of the season, Devin Singletary was the PPR RB 32, despite playing all 16 games, Zach Moss only the RB 48 playing 13 games so you know what went wrong not exactly on these running backs in particular as we always talk about on here volume tends to trump talent and it's not like they just couldn't do anything with their chances i mean zach moss basically emerged as you know i don't want to say a poor man's three down back he basically he can do whatever you want to do on all three downs this was from our 2020 nfl draft guide on moss Moss ticks pretty much every box you'd like to see at the running back position, except for speed. He's got the size, vision, hands, and especially elusiveness. He's also been above average in pass protection consistently over the course of his career. While he's on the older side, 22 years old already, we're not really drafting for anything after the rookie contract here. Anyways, others might chase high-end physical traits at the top of the draft, but give me the guy I know will break tackles in the NFL. That's Moss to a T from the always fantastic Mike Renner. Now, look, people, the pass protection point is spot on. I was digging through some of Moss's plays from last year and they were facing the chargers in week 12 and Josh Allen on the goal line. Cause you know, they seem to want to throw touchdowns to all their tight ends or random offensive linemen. Once they get inside the five, anyway, Josh Allen play action, Joey Bosa, Joey freaking Bosa, one of the best defensive ends in the league comes flying through basically untouched and Zach Moss takes him out. He went low on him. This was not, you know, um, who did Merriman, Sean Merriman, so bad. Oh, when Maurice Jones drew, just clocked Sean Merriman, hit him high and put him down. It wasn't quite that. It, you know, it was more of a cup lock situation, but it was violent. It was fast. It was a lot of fun to watch. And that's why Zach Moss, I think of this group, has the best chance of maintaining a three-down workload. We haven't quite seen that yet. Singletary has been the guy over the past two years. They've leaned on more times than not, although we had some injuries kind of influence that in 2020. More on that in a bit just realized people the zach moss the pass protection thing pff six highest graded pass blocker among 47 qualified backs i know it's something that we don't pay a lot of attention to in fantasy land unfortunately we don't get uh you know fantasy points for pancakes or anything like that just realized that moss i think if we can say that they're pretty equal receivers which checks out on the metrics i think moss has the best chance to be that three down guy because of what he's already proven as a pass protector the bills are about to have 900 or not 900 probably not 900 uh, million, at least a hundred million reasons to, uh, you know, make sure Josh Allen is upright and Moss certainly put a good, you know, first year of film forward. 
uh, stating that he could maybe be that guy out there on the field more times than not. But then we have Devin Singletary, and I'm just going to go through the PFF rushing grade and a few other stats from Singletary and Moss last year because Singletary, while he didn't you know rise to the occasion quite as much as a pure rusher in terms of PFF grade, Zach Moss was tied for 19th among 47 backs. Uh, Singletary was 32nd. He was consistently very slippery. I mean, missed tackles, forced per carry. Singletary was tied for ninth in this 47-back sample. Moss was tied for 14th. Yards per carry, Moss was tied for 27th. Singletary was tied for 25th. Yards after contact per rush, Moss uh, tied for 25th. Singletary tied for number 11. So Singletary, he's not a big guy at all, but you can see why the Bills have felt pretty comfortable leaving him on the field for extended stretches. He does everything fine. Maybe doesn't do anything exceptionally well. It's like the, uh, you know, What's the phrase? Uh, not a master of none. You, you can do all the things. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. There we go. Good job, Ian. Uh, but basically with Singletary, I mean, in four playoff games, he's played 76% snaps, 66%, 86%, 53%. The problem is the Bills have just been so clear that they don't really care how much he's playing. They're not going to go out of their way to give him the ball. In those games, last year in 2019, the playoffs, he actually had a 19-touch game and not lost the Texans. But this year, six 10 and eight touches in three games, despite getting those gaudy snap rates. That's going to be a sheesh from me people. But look, here's the thing though. Singletary and Moss, as I said before, they aren't bad running backs by any stretch of the imagination. It would be hard for any running back to thrive in Buffalo with Josh Allen there, unless they are the only running back just getting fed like 100% of the backfield touches. Because usually we can live with two running back backfields. Almost every team is a committee these days. And if it's down to two, we can usually at least come close to figuring that out. The problem and I love Josh Allen. You love Josh Allen. Bills fans love Josh Allen. Moss and Singletary fantasy truthers do not love Josh Allen because this guy just has been so good at everything except enabling a fantasy-friendly running back over the years. And there's two reasons behind that. First of all, Allen loves to run in his own right. Only Lamar Jackson has more rush attempts than Josh Allen since 2018. But it's not even that. It's how often he can find the end zone. Here's a full list of players with more rushing touchdowns than Josh Allen since he entered the league in 2018. Derrick Henry, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, and Melvin Gordon. That is it, people. And that's, you know, more than Zico Elliott, more than a lot of starting running backs around the league. For Josh Allen to literally be ninth in rushing touchdowns since he came into the league, absolutely ridiculous. And because of this, Bill's running backs have the NFL's fourth fewest total rush attempts inside the 10-yard line since 2018. Additionally, reason number two, Josh has been bad for business, bad for running back fantasy business, uh, is that he really refuses to check the ball down. No quarterback has a lower check down rate than Josh Allen among 50 qualified players since 2018. Patrick Mahomes has the second lowest check down rate. I don't know. seems like king shit if you ask me. Either way, I mean, just look, historically, rushing quarterbacks aren't good for fantasy running backs. And, you know, Andrew Erickson, who's on this podcast every Wednesday, wrote a great article over on pff.com recently about this phenomenon. Basically, when they're inside the 10-yard line, we now have a, an extra party that is at you know risk of scoring rushing touchdowns on their own. Or just when they're passing, they don't check the ball down because they're mobile and they usually scramble instead. So that's why we see Alvin Kamara 
eating targets from Drew Brees and why I'm concerned if that's going to be the case with more Taysom Hill under center. So just like how the Bills running backs are have the fourth fewest total rush attempts inside the 10-yard line since 2018, in terms of targets, they also have the fourth fewest over the past three seasons. So again, nothing exactly against Singletary or Moss. It should just be hard for anyone, any two running back committee to thrive in Buffalo with the way things are set up. And that is what we have seen over the years. In 2018, Rashawn McCoy finished as the PPR RB 39. Chris Ivory was the RB 65. 2019, Singletary was the RB 33. Frank Gore, the RB 50. And as I said before, 2020 Singletary RB 32, Moss 48. To be fair, Singletary got the RB 33 finish in 2019 in just 12 games. He was the RB 28 on a per game basis. So if you want to give him that, go ahead. Either way, we have not seen anybody pull off anything resembling an RB 2 finish over the past three years. So with all that said, takes us to our PFF Lily stat. Only Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton have more designed rush attempts inside the 10-yard line than Josh Allen over the past three years because someone brought up a good point on Twitter. I was I wrote about Josh Allen recently too, and I was looking through his 2018-2019 highlights, and my goodness, was he fun to watch. Obviously, Bills fans and you know football fans should be probably happier that the 2020 version emerged, but man, the DGIF Yolo Ball version of Josh, you know, the same guy throwing up, you know, pass to his double-covered fullback in overtime or playoff game, lateraling it over his head to a tight end, you know, five minutes before that in the game. That guy just was not great for his running backs, which we've been over, but it's not just that it's own Josh. It's not just Josh Allen's like yellow ball attitude that caused him to have all these rush attempts. Again, only Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton, basically the two, I guess, archetypes along with Kyler Murray for just like the most lethal rushing uh, quarterbacks in today's NFL. Those are the only guys being used more than Josh Allen there. So I wonder people it's, any day, really any day, maybe after this season, Josh Allen is going to get a massive contract extension from the Bills, and I'm not convinced he's going to keep scoring eight-plus rushing touchdowns every single year in perpetuity. Josh Allen is responsible for three of the 12 seasons of a quarterback having at least eight rushing touchdowns since 2000. Like, it's not normal for this to happen, and the fact it has happened hasn't helped the running backs. I'm just not so, so sure we're going to see that moving on. And I think what that concludes me to believe is that we should be taking a chance on Zach Moss at his current ADP. He is my RB 30 right now sitting at underdog is the RB 36 Singletary has an ADP as the RB 47. I am treating him as that basically. And this is a great, I helped kind of confirm my reasoning with all this. Thanks to uh, Joe Buscalagia. Sorry for butchering your name, man. I have an awful last name. You think I'd be better at these type of things, but anyway, works for the athletic and he wrote a great article. He's a beat writer, but he went and took a fantasy view on everything. And basically what he was talking about. And I mentioned this before Moss was playing injured a lot last year. And actually in eight games where injuries weren't a factor, Moss was the lead back. And this was his, this is Joe's conclusion. Uh, Moss can take over the backfield in 2021. If he continues to improve, which could be a 60 to 70% snap player in the bills case and redraft his ninth round costs entirely worth the price of admission. If you wind up with the starting back on a prolific offense, that's the exact point. Everyone, if Zach Moss was going as a top 20 back, no, we wouldn't be in 
in on him. I just gave you, you know, 10 minutes worth of reasons why it's a not so fantasy friendly situation in Buffalo, but we don't have to draft him as a top 24 back. We get to draft him at a floor that we've even seen Singletary be over the past two years. And I think we can agree based on Moss's, you know, better three down chops and just kind of what the bills and, you know, what guys like Joe are telling us Moss has the chance to take over this backfield, not Singletary. And we saw this come to fruition last year when Moss missed time and Singletary while in 2019 and past years, you know, when Frank Gore was out or just kind of being moved out of the offense uh, in general, Singletary did get those snap hikes, but in 2020 people, they really just used TJ Yeldon more and more when Moss was out of the picture credit to Singletary for being the guy in the playoffs. But again, what, what worth is 86% snaps? If he's only getting 10 touches out of it, like snaps correlate with touches nine times out of 10 Singletary has been the exception to the rule. And I do expect Matt Breida to more or less fill that TJ Yeldon role third, you know, third running back might not even be active week to week, but if uh, Moss misses time, I do think it's just going to be more of a two back committee with Brita getting a lot of extra run as opposed to Singletary taking the hell over. So Moss, I like it people. He presents a unique opportunity to get the lead running back from an elite offense at an affordable cost. I'm in, you should be too. And this is an ideal, you know, zero RBS strategy. I would take Moss ahead of the Buccaneers running backs, uh, you know, ahead of the artist formerly known as James RB one son ahead of a AJ Dillon. I just think his ceiling is actually as a top 20, top 15 RB. If Josh Allen can chill the hell out a little bit and we see Singletary take a true back seat. So all in on Zach Moss at cost in 2021. People, I hope you enjoyed the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And I just invite you all to check out the rest of our PFF content over at pff.com, particularly the PFF College Football Preview Magazine. Just came out on June 28th. You get 600-plus pages of analysis, the best returning players for all 130 teams, advanced scheme breakdown, trade the schedule, win projections, and much more. And again, that's available with any PFF College or PFF Edge subscription. Get it now for less than $8. And if you like fantasy football, if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. I had someone uh, message me today on Twitter asking where to get my ranks. And you can get all them on pff.com with a PFF Edge annual subscription. Now, the key, instead of spending $40 on that, is just to go to Underdog, deposit $10 using promo code PFF, and you'll get that free PFF Edge annual subscription hopefully you can use a subscription make that ten dollars back and much much more again promo code pff go draft now underdog fantasy all right people one quick thing i want to get off my chest uh, and hopefully i don't piss off the rest of you fantasy analysts might be listening to this but you know that's just life in the big city sometimes why is everyone so obsessed with getting verified on twitter and i'm not sitting here saying like pissed off that i haven't been i have not applied to be verified they'd probably be like well, you can't do this without a picture of yourself on Twitter. I just fail to see the big, it's a check mark, right? That's it. You don't get anything. You don't have this like newfound poll over people. People see a check mark and just know it's you. I mean, this is me, people. I mean, Hart, it's, I, I, there actually is a burner on Twitter. I think it's called like Ian Hart's burner or something that is fake. It's not me. And I think it's pretty clear. Like if you're Adam Schefter, if you're Ian Rapport, I get it. If you're a reporter, it makes sense to me. But come on, just the amount of moaning and groaning I see from people who aren't getting verified, chill out. Who cares? What benefit are you getting from getting verified? It's like the most, I don't know. It's like 
MySpace top frenzy, like chill out, quit worrying about it. Help focus on, you know, actually providing our job, fantasy football analysts, who cares about getting verified? If you're good, it'll probably come. And if it does come again, I just don't see the big hoopla about it all. So, you know, I'm sure some people can turn this around and just say, Hey, Ian, you're pissed that you're not verified yourself. Please believe me here when I say that is not the case, but whatever, I guess it's not hurting anything either way. That's my uh, rant for the episode. So thank you as always for tuning in the PFF fantasy football podcast, new episodes every single day. And we'll continue to have those throughout the summer going to be uh, starting things up here soon next week, which will be fun uh, with a team preview series as well with my guy, Andrew Erickson. We're going to go through uh, divisions. It'll, there'll be like an extra like hour podcast uh, during the week with Andrew and I doing four teams per, uh, you know, I, I think it's fun having these podcasts uh, every day. If you enjoy them, then you can keep listening to them. I'm not going to go too crazy though and start getting, you know, two podcasts every single day of the week, but who knows? It is a long summer after all, as always content available on PFF.com. Check me out on Twitter at iHeartIts. Thank you as always for tuning in and until next time, take care, everybody. 